It's nighttime. We're in the Sakamichi Brewing Tap Room. That means it's time for Sakamichi Nights. Welcome back to the show, Daniel Dorchester Dan Blue. Thank you. It's good to be here. How are you doing? It's been a very full week this last week, mm. hasn't it? Last yep. Thursday, we went to visit uh, our friends and neighbors at Kunitachi Brewery. Cooney Brew, Cooney Brew. It's colloquially known. We picked the hottest day of the year to cycle over there to uh, to have a look at their their setup. It's very nice though mm. on the inside, yeah. wasn't it? Um, we may even be able to do a collaboration brew with them at some point in the future. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, while we were there, Shiwasan, the brewer there, said that he wanted to try using some uh, yeast from a supplier called Mangrove Jacks, but that the the, uh, the website that you have to order it from is only in English, so they haven't been able to do it yet. So that could be the expertise that's that we... That's where we come in. That's where we come in and lend a little bit of expertise. Let me just click on this buy now button, mm. uh, and then I guess they can do the rest of the work in designing the recipe and uh, actually brewing the beer. I think we will feel a sense of fulfillment that we, we've carried our weight uh, mm. as long as we place that order and don't screw it up. Well... I don't know about that. I can't make any concrete promises. No, 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 no. We don't. We don't guarantee anything. Right. When the yeast arrives, it will be. Actually, I've ordered. You know, <laughs> I've actually ordered a kangaroo. So I had a didgeridoo by mistake. Yeah, when life gives you kangaroos, make it make them make into a beer. Kangaroo juice. Absolutely. Mm. We also went to visit our friend's uh, new restaurant on that day yeah. didn't we Gato we, di Mare Gato di Mare they're up in the north of Tachikawa now they've got a new a new location up there and it was really nice wasn't it it's a nice kind of quiet residential neighborhood a little bit different from where they used to be which is just around the corner from us here sure. in central Tachikawa but I think that suits them because they are kind of a, a local neighborhood they have a local neighborhood vibe to them I mm. think yeah and I think uh their, their old place was quite small, wasn't it? It was right, really yeah. narrow. Yeah. Uh, and this one is much more open and I think is going to be more conducive to the kind of uh, family atmosphere that they that they have there. It seemed a lot brighter inside mm -hmm. as well. I think the old place just had one kind of narrow window at the front, yeah. whereas this one was full glass all across the front, so it yeah. was really well lit. Um, we did pick a really hot day to be cycling around, though took me a few days to recover from that, actually. I had to drink lots of electrolytes mm. through electrolytes in beer, right? Sure, yeah. Shibasaki Session, it's got what Matt craves. It's basically a sports drink. It's got electrolytes. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a really hot day that, uh, yeah, of all the days to decide to kind of meander around on the hot streets of uh, Kunitachi and Tachikawa, that was a, a great day to pick to do that. What advice would you give to people who are really feeling the heat in this Tokyo summer? Uh, I think slightly lower alcohol fruity beers are, are what this weather calls for. Um, I, I like in this weather wheat beers with fruit adjuncts around right. about four-ish percent. Right. We had one of those last week, didn't we? The, the blood orange, You're right, yeah. the jungle boogie. I wasn't a wheat beer, but yeah. But um, we have lots of lots of good beer in the fridge at the moment, mm. and it's important not just to drink water, but to drink stuff that has you know minerals and electrolytes and hops and sure. malt in it. Sure, those are all really important. And and really, you have to be motivated to drink. And you know, water's like it's great. Don't get me wrong; it's pretty boring though. Water? You, know? you mean like in the toilet? Yeah, yeah. like 
who cares about that stuff really? But you want to, if you're not excited about it, then you're not going to be motivated to drink it. So I was pretty motivated to drink some exciting beer that I have. So I feel like, you know, in terms of like you need to get hydrated. So the motivation factor is pretty important. Speaking of exciting beer, we have a few very rare and unusual bottles of beer in the tap room mm-hmm. at the moment um, from the Vale Brewing. Who are where did the Vale come from? Somewhere um, on the east coast, man, isn't it? Yeah, it's like North South Carolina, somewhere like that. Yeah, it is east coast though. But they make really weird and interesting and exciting beers, uh, and these ones have been barrel aged in some very interesting ways. In fact, one of them today I was reading has been puncheon aged. Uh, a puncheon is a kind of barrel. Mm. Um, so I guess they could have said barrel aged, but... Um, no. Well, have, reading into it, apparently a puncheon is bigger than a barrel. So it's bigger than the usual barrels that are used for barrel aging. So it lends a more delicate barrel aged character okay. to it. I guess there's less surface... Right. Barrel uh, surface area. Exactly. That guy agrees with me. Yeah. He's, he's a big fan of punching. He's punching that horn as he's going <laughs> down the street there. Uh, but we had, yeah, just one bottle each of these five very rare and unusual beers. Uh, we now have only three bottles. Yeah, left, two of them are we? gone. Yeah. Um, so don't sleep on those uh, at all. Um, are we here, though, to brag about the weird and exciting beers that we have in our showcase fridge? Pretty sure the answer is no. Okay. What are we here to do? We're here to uh, celebrate the uh, weird and delicious beers that we have in the fridge. And my understanding is that we're here to review them as well. Is that right? Well, you'd be a fool. Uh, (laughs) This is not a review show. Right. Everything that we sell here is good. So there's no point in us saying like, oh, this is a good beer or this is not a good beer. If it's on this, if we're drinking it and talking about it, then we're selling it. And that means that you, it is already a good beer. We have vetted it. It, it has vetted it, it, it. It has been vetted by yes. us. Yeah. Uh, it receives the Sakamichi seal of approval. Mm. Before we get into the particular beer that we're going to be celebrating this week, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor. This week, the Sakamichi Nights podcast is brought to you in part by the sport of basketball. Mm. Uh, it's a bit like netball, but for taller people. Uh, I'm going to say yes, having yes. no idea what netball is. It's no, a, I do have a little idea what netball is. It's a bit like handball, yes. but you can bounce the ball. Right. This is where my knowledge of basketball starts and ends. Okay. You play on like an indoor tennis court, I think. You play on a court, yeah, a hardwood right, okay. court. Good. Yeah, I got that right. It's a bit like a bowling alley, except wider. Uh, sure. With nets in it. Well, yeah, with nets, yeah. Uh, yeah and basketball players are very tall. In general, yes. Okay. They are taller than the average human. Except for the one who guards the points. Is he the short one? The point guard. Yes. Uh, oftentimes, the point guard is a, is, is a shorter dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is he shorter, though? Like, sometimes you see a rugby player and you think, oh, well, he's a short one. But then you look it up and he's actually 5 foot 9 or 5 foot 10. It's just that he's surrounded by Goliaths that make him look yes very similar in basketball you'll see guys on the court who are six foot two or six foot three and they look short they look shorter than me but they you know they have four inches on me that's about where my knowledge of basketball ends okay do you have any other do you have a little primer for me about how the sport of basketball works i know you're a big fan i would i would just like to ask i would like to ask you some questions about basketball go ahead uh 
in your opinion, who are the three greatest basketball players in history? Um, Current or former, could still be playing today. Well, yes. That, thank you for narrowing it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way, it was so difficult to choose <laughs> before. I'm going to say Magic Johnson, because mm-hmm. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Who I've also heard of. Yep. And Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. I could name three basketball players. It's interesting. I would say that all three of those guys are probably none of them are top three. Okay, but all of them are <laughs> famous. All of them are top ten. I would say okay, top ten, top fifteen. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty good who, collection. Okay, in your opinion, who are the top three basketball players of all time? Number one, LeBron James. Okay. Number two, Michael Jordan. Right. Number three. Number three is a tough one, but generally, I think people think it's Wilt Chamberlain. Right. Do you know Wilt? Wilt the Stilt. I don't know. He sounds like he's a 19th century American poet. He was, but he also played basketball. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know, he is equally well known for his poetry. Um, you didn't come up with Michael Jordan, though. He is, he's, he's like the most famous the shoe manufacturer of all time. Yes, the shoemaker, yes. the cobbler. <laughs> the cobbler, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, before he became a cobbler, he was uh, an excellent basketball player. Okay, well, it's nice to, to find a second career like that, yeah. isn't it? Uh, there are five positions on the basketball court. Do you know what they are? Uh, power forward. Yeah, that's good. Power bottom. <laughs> point guard. Net guard. And uh, spiker. Okay, all right. Uh, no, but you got some of them. Power forward. I'm surprised you came up with that. So it's point guard, shooting guard. Okay. Small forward. Right. Power forward. Right. And center. Okay. Now, knowing only that, what position do you think you're most suited to? Um, and why? Hmm, that's an interesting question. When I played rugby, I usually played as a forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I would be one of the forwards. Okay. Small forward or power forward? I'm going to say small forward because basketball players are tall and I'm not that tall. I'm only about six foot. So mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't be tall enough to play power forward. Interesting. Okay. Is that where you would put me on the on the pitch? No, I wouldn't put you on the pitch at all. Um Small forward is, interestingly, the way basketball, the dominant style of basketball right now, small forward is the premier position. Okay. Uh, well, then I'm the a kind of natural fit. The biggest superstars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these are guys who are like kind of prototypical small forward these days, going to be out 6'9, 6'8. That's not far uh, off where I am. Range. Yeah, you're pretty close to that. Are we talking uh, kilograms or feet? <laughs> Uh, these guys are, are amazing. They can kind of guard up positions, down positions. They're usually premier scorers as right. well. So, yeah. I mean, you you to a T, basically. They throw the ball into the net. They Yes, they do. They We call it shooting, but yep. yeah, they do that. Yep. They, well, Americans, you're always <laughs> shooting things. What When you play basketball, I'm assuming you do play basketball, what position do you play? Uh, I don't play basketball. Really? Uh, I'm terrible at it. I enjoy, I follow the game uh, a lot. and I watch a lot of basketball, but I'm terrible at it. Um, when I played intramural basketball in university, which is, uh, you know, intramural sports are, it's like any group of students can make a team and you play in a league against other, okay, uh, right, other yeah. student teams, basically. Yep. Um, I, uh, you have, you can, in, in our intramural league, you could foul someone five times or, or give five fouls before you were fouled out, basically. Right. Uh, I filled up the stat sheet as far as fouls. My feeling was like... I can hurt people five times before right. they before I'm out of this game. So that's how I'm going to make my impact felt. Very much the Robbie Savage 
of the Ohio State intramural basketball sure. team. Sure, let's yeah. say yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'm terrible at basketball, so that was my way to, you know, make people regret getting on the court. That and the halitosis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of it really is a total package. Bo. All right. So you have another basketball question for me. Hit it. It's a it's a final final Jeopardy question for okay. you. Okay, I'm going to slam this one into the hoop. I'm going to give you three names. Okay. And I want you to tell me which one of these is not a basketball player. Basketball player. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Carlos Boozer. Okay. Liberius Booker. Good. Jamario Moon. Mm. Which one of those is not a real basketball player? Uh, can I ask you to tell me what their positions are? Sure. Carlos Boozer is a power forward. Of course he is. Liberius Booker is also a power forward. Okay. Jamario Moon was a small forward, much like yourself. Much like myself. What teams did they play for? Boozer played for the Cavs and then the Jazz. You might sense a theme here. Jamari Moon, uh, he was a journeyman. He played for a lot of teams, including the Cavs. Liberius Booger was drafted by the Cavs, but then immediately traded to the Nets, who at the time were in New Jersey. This all sounds so convincing. Hmm. I'm going to say it's a trick question and all three of them are real basketball players. Final answer? Yes. You're wrong. Oh. Liberius Booger is not a real person. Okay. Jamario Moon, you didn't... Carlos Boozer. Those are all, good names. They all sound plausible to me. Liberius there's a cricket, Booker. There's a cricket player called Napoleon Einstein. <laughs> now, in an amazing segue, the beer that we're going to be drinking today is actually named after a basketball player. Isn't right. it? Terry Porter, the uh, Wisconsin-born um, NBA All-Star. Mm, you've done some research. He. How many times was he an All-Star? Two times. Wow, good work. He also coached the Phoenix Suns and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe. Hmm. I don't think he was head coach of the Suns. I don't think I said head coach, <laughs> but uh, that's as far as my research went. Yeah, pretty good. He, he's a very interesting, uh, he had kind of an interesting career trajectory because he was not highly recruited coming out of high school and he ended up going okay. to what's called an NAIA school. He right. went to... Uh, like a, a regional campus of the University of Wisconsin. University of Wisconsin is a big Division One school. Uh, and he went to an NAIA school. So it's a much smaller right. sub-campus of University of Wisconsin, a different part of Wisconsin. Non-affiliated international athletics. Uh, something like that, yeah. yeah. Basically, it's just conferences, like a, a group of smaller schools. Um, so if, you, if you're not like a huge high school recruit, you don't get recruited to, to play at a big prominent school then you might end up at a smaller school but he uh i don't know i don't think he really had a growth spurt he was a point guard but he developed his skills he ended up uh kind of surprisingly getting getting invited to like the tryout camp for the 1984 olympic team with michael jordan and a mm. bunch of other people and mm. he didn't end up making the team but he kind of got a lot of exposure right uh and he ended up getting drafted 24th uh the 24th overall pick in the nba draft is that uh, good yeah, I mean, that's that's nowadays the draft is only two rounds. So there's only, uh, what, 60 picks total. I think there's 30 NBA teams, 30 or 32. Uh, at the time, the draft was much longer, but to, you, to go in the first round is incredible. And to go from a small school, like an NAIA school specifically, and go in the first round is almost unheard of. Really. Right, right. 
Uh, and then he ended up having a very, like, a long and, and quite good NBA career, including uh, he was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, which is where right. Gilgamesh Brewing is. His okay. beer comes from. That's the connection there. That's right. He ended up playing there for, uh, for 10 years and, had, had, and 17 years in the NBA. Had a big career. How would you characterize his style of play? Uh, you know what? He's a bit before my time, so mm. I'm not totally sure. He was a point guard, right. though, uh, and he kind of he started off as a shooting guard. I read today in university and ended up kind of taking over point guard duty. So he developed those abilities to lead the offense and distribute the ball and get the ball to guys in spots that they wanted it. Because mm. there are only five players on the team. I guess there's there's no room for passengers. That's right. right. Yes. <laughs> It's good. You've Some really done a deep dive. In-depth in basketball knowledge there <laughs> from, uh, from Matthew Boynton. Um, so the beer we're going to be drinking today is called the Terry Porter. Mm. Uh, and as you mentioned, it's made by Gilgamesh Brewing, which is in Portland. Yep. Right. Um, so what is the connection? Why did this basketball player end up making a beer together with a Portland brewery? Uh, the story that I read was that the... The founder of Gilgamesh, maybe, was getting Terry to sign some beer bottles that they were going to use in a silent auction or something like that. They started talking uh, about just making beer. He said they were going to make a porter. Uh, over the course of the conversation, they, uh, they they kind of floated the idea of getting together on a beer to raise money for charity. And apparently, Terry, Terry Porter has been active in the Portland community ever since he retired. And uh, he was already affiliated with what's called the Dornbecker mm. uh, Children's Hospital. Right. Uh, and it's associated with the Oregon Health and Science University, I think it is. So it's a research hospital, okay. research pediatric hospital. He was already associated with them doing fundraising and things like that. So they decided to make the beer together and uh, like as a one-off thing mm. and sell it and donate some of the proceeds to the Dornbecker Hospital. Right. So by drinking this beer, we're helping sick kids. That's right. And this was quite a while ago. It was meant to be a one-off, but it was so popular and so successful that they uh, they make it every year now. Mm. I have to say, even before we get into the beer, I'm a big fan of this can as yes. well. This is a very cool-looking, kind of classically designed can, isn't it? So I think a lot of the, uh, it's it's a classic kind of beer can in red, white, black, and gold. But I think a lot of the design points are calling back to the Portland Trailblazers jerseys when right. uh, Terry Porter was a player. Okay. Mm. Well, let's try the beer. All right. So what do you make of the Terry Porter. Well, I think the first thing to notice is that it's six uh, percent, mm. so it's pretty light drinking. Um, okay. You might almost feel a bit like it's a summer porter, but they do make this in winter every year. Right. Uh, but it drinks a bit like that kind of summer porter style, right? Uh, but it's still it's 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 got everything you want. I think the color is really nice. Like it's kind of a very dark brown, kind of rich mahogany color. It's almost a deep ruby-like color, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Through the light. Uh, it's very roasty, I find. I'm tasting maybe chocolate malt, but mm. I'm not totally sure. It's got a little bit of sweetness. Uh, it's, 
I think it has a lot of character and a lot of flavor for being something that's a bit lighter and, and coming in at 6%. There is a lot of roasty chocolatiness in the flavor and in the aroma, but I also got a little bit of licorice. Mm. I don't know if you picked up on yeah. that, but there's something in there that adds just a little bit of extra sure. interest and spice. Yeah. Um, I really like the color. I think it's kind of a deep ruby mm. amber kind of color. That's really pleasant. And as you mentioned, I don't think 6% is a small beer. But it is quite light mm. and easy drinking. Yeah. It's not thick or sweet or mm. heavy. Um, it's a very easy drinking beer as well. Absolutely. If you consider the positioning of this beer, I think that this is a beer that a lot of people are going to find themselves drinking. How can I explain this? They're going to arrive at this beer not through craft beer, but potentially through some other means. Through Terry Porter. Through Terry Porter yeah. or uh, by finding out about it as it's sold around the city and in the area as an effort to raise money. So uh, it's something that might find itself in the hands of non-craft beer drinkers very easily. So I kind of thought that it would be a little bit simpler, and I'm, I'm quite pleased that it, it has this level of complexity, because I thought it might be at 6%. I thought it might just be like, you know, roasty, malty, easy drinking, but nothing that's really going to make you go back and, and taste it slowly. And, mm. and it absolutely does have that kind of complexity. So I'm, I'm real happy to see that. Maybe this is a good summer porter. We don't have a lot of dark beers in the fridge at the moment, mm. just because most breweries aren't making dark yeah. beers. But I could see, definitely, I could see drinking this. I think it's got lots of electrolytes in it, sure. lots of minerals. Yeah. Uh, it would be quite refreshing and rehydrating yeah. if you've spent a long day riding your bicycle around town. Absolutely. Now, every week when we try the beer, we also spin the wheel of pairings um, rather than just saying it's going to be a food every time. We've got a few different options here. So I'm going to roll this dice and then we're going to pair the Terry Porter with one of the following things. It could be uh, number one, food or cuisine. Number two, TV or movies. Number three, music. Number four, video game. Number five, location. Number six, activity. Number seven, drinking companion. Could be just so, Terry so yeah, Porter. That's, yeah, that's, that's an, an easy, easy one. one. And number eight, wild card mm. or something else. Okay. I'll roll the dice this week. Are you ready? Yep. Number two, TV or movies. I don't know if we've had this one before. So what would you like to watch as you're drinking the Terry Porter? Uh, Gilgamesh Brewing, their slogan is a beer for everyone. Mm. Uh, I kind of feel like this beer this is a cop-out but it would go with pretty much anything right i think you could <laughs> don't judge me i, I, I choose all tv i movies. choose everything I, I choose whatever you choose okay uh i don't know i don't have a i think it, it's nice it's really pleasant it's enjoyable why don't, I give down you, easy. why don't I give you my answer and see if you can riff off that a little bit? Because I've kind of got a half-formed answer, but it needs a bit more information, I think. Uh, and this is mostly about the can. So I think this has kind of a classic, maybe a 90s feel to it, this can. Uh, and it's from America. Like, it's, it's a basketball-connected beer. Mm -hmm. It's from a very American brewery. It's a very American porter. So I'm thinking... Like some American 90s drama series. Mm -hmm. Maybe Hill Street Blues is a bit too early, but something like NYPD Blue okay. or ER or something like that. Were there any of those type of, of shows that were set in Portland or around that kind of area? 
Uh, ER might be a good one because that's hospital theme sure. as well. Yeah, I uh, I don't think anything was really... It was kind of just before Portland's uh, come up. Right. And so at the time, I think it was not seen as a very desirable place to live or be. Um, they weren't setting a lot of TV in Portland at that time. Right. But I could see you watching some kind of classic TV show. Night Court. Night Court would be good. Sure. It's a dark beer. So maybe Night Court works. Yeah, I'm really, I'm stumped on this one. It feels like we're both drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like I've been stumped on a pairing before, but I'm pretty stumped on this one. I think this is the first time that we've rolled TV and movies. So maybe we just weren't quite prepared for this one. It could mm. be a movie, of course. Um, is this the first time? Maybe I, I remember pairing the with a never-ending before. story before. Yeah, I think point. we had it once before and we had good answers for it, but not this time. I'm going to say uh, a 90s American drama series mm. is what I would like to watch um, it doesn't matter which one because they're basically all the same mm-hmm. yeah um, that's my answer okay final answer great and I choose all TV all TV and all movies and all movies um, because they're all the same that's basically right. all movies are the same when you're drinking the Terry Porter the movie doesn't matter have you ever noticed how almost all movies are the same like, movies are often made by people who are really into movies. Mm. And so they're almost always about the process of making a movie. There are so many movies that if you scratch the surface even a little bit, they're basically just about the movies. Right. And that goes especially true for things that win Academy Awards. How many uh, Oscars over the, the last 20 years have been won by a, a movie which celebrates the magic of cinema? Mm. You know? It's a bit formulaic, I think, when you see the awards come out. Like, you can almost... Like, if you have a checklist, you can go, okay, this kind of performance is going to win Best Actor. Here we go. Uh, I had a college professor once, a uh, literature class, and he was talking about um, kind of... uh, Not not, not tropes, per se, but but what the... uh, like amongst a lot of other things over the course uh, over the course of the class, the semester, but um, like what needs to happen to kind of springboard a story along at different times. And he was talking about kind of adventure stories or fantasy novels, that kind of stuff. And he was like, it's either um, local kid has to has to leave town, is forced to leave town, or a stranger comes to town. One of those two things. I read, I read a lot of fantasy stuff and I read sci-fi stuff and things like that. And the number of times I'm reading a book and go, well, here's the stranger coming to town right. or here's, here's the local kid who has to leave town. Here's the inciting incident. Yeah, it it's, it's, uh, that's the hero with a thousand faces, isn't it? What's that? The, I forget the name. Is it Joseph Heller? I forget the name exactly, but it's a book basically about myth and about how all myths follow the same kind of pattern mm. and our stories today also Maybe, follow yeah. a very similar pattern mm. I think Star Wars is quite a familiar example of that like you've got somebody who's forced to leave their comfortable environment they encounter an elder mentor who later on dies or, or has to leave them they have to confront their fears mm. and overcome something in order to, to triumph in the end uh, it's quite literally a story as old as, as time itself right I had heard, uh, maybe maybe this is only related in my brain, but I heard a long time ago that Will Smith 
had plotted out his entire career uh, based on like movie to movie with the agency that he was with saying like, the next thing you need to do is uh, a big budget summer action film. And the next thing you need to do is like a CGI heavy, whatever. And the next thing needs to be and like something with an animal. And the next thing needs to be, you pretend like you're bucking the studios and you do an art house film, but we're actually going to very carefully select that as well. Like every single role he did was basically planned in advance. They had studied other people's careers and had followed this checklist. It's a little disheartening if you if you you know read kind of critical works and things like that. You start to find out how much of your life and things that happen around you is just formula, right? Or it may, maybe this is just a flaw of capitalism. I don't know, but at some point it's just like someone goes, right? This is the next step. This is the next step, and I don't know. You despair that there is any spontaneity left in the world. Well, there, there are a limited number of stories that can be told, but they can always be told you know, in a new and inventive way. Mm. And because they're relevant to us, they're always interesting, Sure, I think. Uh, and sometimes you encounter a story that is new or surprising or perhaps doesn't follow quite the formula that you thought it was going to follow. Uh, a bit like opening your own brewery in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm. Is this no. man, man against nature? Is that the story that we're following right now? I tell you, I had a checklist of how this was going to go, yeah. and uh, did you clear it with Will Smith's people? I'm still on. I, we're still on like the second checkbox, which is, hey, let's open a brewery. We didn't get past that. We have checked the box of being able to work together with a really good charity though hmm. this year. Yeah, uh, not to to drag things too far away from our Will Smith chat, um, but we were lucky enough to to work together with a cycling group called the Knights in White Lycra. Yeah. And they had uh, a charity ride a couple of months ago that we got involved with and said, you know, if any of you, in addition to finishing your challenge ride, also come in here and buy some beer, we will match your donation to charity. Mm. The charity is called You, Me, We. uh, And it's a really fantastic cause that I'm quite pleased we were able to contribute to um, because they help children who are in the care system in Japan Um, orphans, for want of a better word, um, become fully functioning adults and members of society through things like digital literacy programs and education, um, helping them to to just figure out how they're going to live their lives Mm. to become independent and functioning human beings. Sure. It's an attempt to provide them with opportunities, educational opportunities, uh, and and I think also future career opportunities Mm. to... Uh, equip them for, you know, help them get a leg up, which they uh, they might not have otherwise. Exactly. So we're really pleased to be able to, to support that cause. Uh, and if you're interested, you can Google You, Me, We. Hmm. Um, it's a really fantastic charity that does a lot of really good work here in Japan. It tied in really well for us because uh, we're both cyclists. And this was this is a cycling group that raises money for these charities. It was a cycling challenge. Hmm. Uh, but also you have kids. I have spent a lot of time working with kids and working hmm. in children's education. Uh, so the the idea of a, a charity that was supporting these disadvantaged kids um, and and through cycling as well really resonated with us. 
uh, a really good fit. Although neither of us even started to think about completing the challenge, right? It was to ride a total of 500 kilometers in distance and climb 5,000 meters in ascent over the course of the month. Yep. I just don't think either of us really have the time for that at the moment. No. Um, although it would have been really fun to try. Maybe next year. Maybe yep. we can get our act together next year. Mm. So the uh, the Terry Porter, I think, is quite an interesting one. They're they're donating, as we said, donating uh, a portion of the sales from this to the the children's hospital. But what I found really exciting about this is oftentimes when you hear about companies that are donating money from sales, let's say like oh it's uh, it's one percent of right one percent of, of the, the gross profit. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll slice it and dice it, and it's not nothing. And I'm sure it adds up talking about millions of dollars in sales certainly um but i i do think that companies are trying to uh, make things look a lot better than than they actually are there was the famous example recently the super bowl commercial for grubhub which they had a super bowl spot starring a bunch of famous athletes is that the basketball super bowl Grubhub, uh, no, the NFL Super Bowl. Okay. Um, they, but Grubhub paid, I think it was five million dollars for the spot, in which they talked about how they were making a one million dollar donation to charity. Right. And people were like, "You could have made a six million dollar donation." But to then charity nobody would have known about tweeted it. Tweeted about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty stunning. But um, but in this case, I looked up the numbers. Uh, what they've what they're saying currently is that they donate uh, twenty five dollars per keg sale of the Terry Porter, one dollar per twenty two ounce bottle, which I think is like seven hundred fifty mil bottle. Okay. One dollar per six pack of cans, and one dollar per pint in the tap room. Wow! Uh, and the dollar per pint in the tap room actually goes into a big uh, kind of glass plexiglass container in the tap room. Okay, that's cool. It has a hoop in it, so you can crumple up your own bills and shoot them in that's if you cute. want to. Uh, but in the tap room, you can see the donations growing. But this is not a small amount of money. Right, Twenty-five dollars right. per keg, like a dollar per pint. I'm not sure what a pint costs in their tap room, but it's probably six bucks, maybe seven right, bucks, yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, a dollar out of that is not a small amount of money. So not only have they, not only are they doing this, that they're making the beer, that they're promoting it, uh, that they're using their social media presence to promote it, but they are donating a large sum of money. Uh, a sizable amount of, of the profits are going towards uh, supporting this charity. I think that's really great. So what you're saying is we should drink more of this beer. We shouldn't stop at one Everybody can today. Should. Everybody should. Everybody should drink more of this beer. I I would really like to go to that tap room and just crumple up a bunch of bills and and slam dunk them into that plexiglass container. Yeah, which I believe is also a basketball thing that people do. Yeah, absolutely. And as as a premier small forward, yep. you would be able to do that. Can the small forwards reach the hoop, the basketball hoop? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not you, probably, but... <laughs> Maybe if I got on the shoulders. Small if, I, forwards. if I was to get on Terry Porter's shoulders, I yeah. might be able to reach it. You could do it then. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's not just a gesture for this one. Like They're, they're donating a large amount of the, of the, the profits from this to the charity. Uh, so we were really happy to, to get involved with the, the You, Me, We charity as well to, to match donations. Absolutely. Um, so it's a fantastic beer, it's Harry Potter, and it's a fantastic cause as well. We still have some of it left. Mm. So if you're looking for a nice dark beer, this isn't really the season when a lot of breweries are making those. We yeah. don't have a lot in the fridge, but this is a really excellent example of it. 
Um, we're currently open every day from 12 till 8 for takeout sales only. Um, so come on down to Tachikawa if you're in the area. Um, we also have a really interesting art exhibition mm. uh, all this month by our friend Shaheen, don't we? Uh, Shaheen went to a bunch of different temples and shrines around this area uh, and took inspiration from the dragons that are featured there, where Shaheen cut the designs out from some paper that had been bought yeah. from a, a local paper store. So a lot of local color going mm. into this exhibition. Absolutely. They're really lovely, and I think uh, the new ones that came in, there's a winged dragon that's uh, really spectacular, I mm. think. Great to check out. That's going to be here all month. Mm. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Sakamichi Nights. We're going to go and finish this can of Terry Porter and then watch a few quarters of basketball. And maybe some Hill Street Blues. Absolutely. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>